Kia ora, welcome to the Catch Podcast where we discuss issues that affect missional communities and church plants. I'm Scotty Reeve, I'm the head of the Catch Network um, and I spend my life helping missional communities and churches to renew themselves. Kia ora, I'm Jazz, I live in community here in Wellington and I'm also a law student. Uh, Scotty, why are we here? Yeah, why are we here? Well, we are really lucky here in Wellington and Te Whanganui Atara to be surrounded by people with an enormous amount of wisdom and experience creating communities like the ones we're talking about. And uh, late last year, I started thinking about all the concepts we take for granted here. And every time I thought of one, I wrote it down on a notepad. And by the end of the year, I had 70 concepts written down. And so our desire really is to grab some of the great things we take for granted that we talk about all the time and to share those with a wider audience. And I've invited you, Jazz, to join me. Why are you here? Well, Scotty, you're a 37-year-old man and I'm a 20-year-old woman. So I guess I'm here to offer the perspective of my generation, but also to ask some questions that maybe our listeners would be wondering. Yeah, exactly. So the reality is that uh, sometimes I get talking and you'll hear I go for a while and sometimes I miss things or I say things which um, you may not agree with. And so Jazz is going to be the voice of reason here in the room for my rants. Is that right? Hopefully. We'll we'll see. Awesome. Cool. All right, let's get into it. Cool. Well, Jazz, this week I want to talk about autonomy and belonging. But before uh, I talk about that, um, one of the the greatest privileges of the last few years for me has been leading groups of young adults. Mm. And one of the things that we built in the central city is a number of different residential communities um, at their height of about kind of 25, 30 uh, people in their late teens and early 20s who were living rhythms of life together. One of the key rhythms of life that they would live together was we would gather at, um, and we still gather at St. Peter's Church on Willis Street each evening at 6.30 to pray. Um, And it's like 20 to 30 minutes of prayer from the Anglican prayer book and some of our friends from the nearby free store or from the streets or from church join in on that. And kind of at its height, you'd have 20 young adults in this space um, praying each evening. And I can just remember some nights... um, before I moved up the hill to Brooklyn, just sitting there and going, oh my gosh, like how many other places in the world are there where 20 to 30 young adults are getting together on their evening, choosing to pray together each mm-hmm. night of the week? Um, but one of the interesting things that um, would come up as is, is I talked to different folks who are involved in it was uh, sometimes their friends would ask them, man, that is so weird. Um, that you do that every evening. That is so weird. Um, And it sounds a bit culty. Like, I think you're taking this all a little bit too seriously. Um, And um, the interesting thing I thought about that is I thought, hmm, most of those friends probably go home every evening and have a ritual of watching Netflix for one and a half to two hours. Mm. And there's nothing weird about that. That's a culturally acceptable liturgy they do with their lives as I go home and I put an hour and a half into watching Netflix every evening and I remember a comment by Shane Claiborne where he said we're all extremists for something you know and I'm like you are an entertainment extremist that you spend that much time watching television Mm -hmm. each night like over a week you spend seven to ten hours watching television now 
that's your prerogative. But interesting that that's a culturally acceptable thing to do with your time on the regular every evening at the same time. And then you'd be critical of your friend who sits down and... um, and praise um, because mm. that's a central part of who they are each evening with a group of their friends. Now, what this got me thinking about is we uh, we live um, we live in the West, um, and all of the people, most of the people listening to this, will be in the Western world. And one of our highest values is individual freedom, mm. um, and that kind of is our religion in the West in a lot of ways, in a secular society. So anything that impinges on my complete discretion to do whatever I want to do with my time, whenever I want to do with it, must be inherently oppressive. Um, And so we, we kind of live in that dynamic at the moment. But what we also see in the West is this epidemic of depression, anxiety, and particularly like deep loneliness like mm-hmm. enormous loneliness and uh sometimes I'll sit at cafes and end up in conversations with people and the willingness of people to acknowledge the deep loneliness they feel is like quite striking yeah. and so what I think we have is we have this interesting kind of continuum um, that we wrestle with in our lives and at one end of that continuum we have autonomy which is my ability to do whatever I want to do with my life whenever I want to do it and at the other end of that continuum we have belonging which is my deep connection with other people. And all of us have to calibrate where along that spectrum we are going to sit our lives. You could say at one end, at the end of autonomy, uh, the far end of autonomy is us having everything we want. It's like libertarian, extreme capitalists. Mm-hmm. And then at the other end, we have the absolute belonging, but we have no free choice, which is probably where some cults sort of go, right? And somewhere along the way, we have to calibrate this because if we end up fully at the autonomy end, um, which is probably the greater risk to most Westerners like you and me, we end up incredibly lonely. So it is often uh, in our faith, we understand that it is in the surrendering of our choice that we find true freedom. Um, that actually freedom is not being able to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it, mm. but it's actually choosing what master you will serve. And we choose to, we choose to serve Jesus. So we make choices that we will daily pray every evening mm. or that once a week we will have some people around for dinner and, uh, and we will um, be a part of a worshiping community on a Sunday. And so we surrender some of our choice at the start of each year to have full freedom. And when we're thinking about uh, missional communities or we're thinking about pioneer church planting, a key part for us to think about is how much autonomy we are willing to surrender to create a place of deep belonging, both for ourselves and for those in our communities. We talked about that scripture um, from John where Jesus says, they will know you by the love you have for one another. Now, If we want people to know Christ, we're going to have to have deep love for one another, and that requires a surrendering of choice in order to find the freedom that is deep belonging together, which is actually what so many people are hungry for. So, um, Jazz, I know you hang out with a bunch of people who are younger and cooler than me, um, and uh, I remember dial-up internet. I remember when I got the internet, you were native to it, so you (laughs) live in... Um, a world where probably this autonomy belonging thing carries slightly different ideas for you. Where do you see this playing out in, in your friend group and your world and university at the moment? It's interesting because while that is so pervasive, I also have some friends who look on at my decision to live in intentional community. And although they find it really bizarre, I had a friend um, last year, she'd come around quite a lot to my AYM house and she doesn't believe in Jesus so that part will always 
you know, seem a little interesting to her. But she did say, man, it would be so cool if I lived here. It's just a shame I'm just too selfish. (laughs) (laughs) But there was, you know, there was something that she could see about it that I think she could recognize was missing in her life. And she's always wanted to come around a lot. She's always wanted to eat at our dinner table. By us giving up some of our autonomy, as well as us getting a sense of belonging by being part of something bigger, we're able to welcome others into mm-hmm. our something bigger. There's really good reflections. And I think a good question we could ask ourselves is, what price are you willing to pay to belong? Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I think on the simplest level of this, of looking at kind of autonomy and belonging, is uh, I have a friend who works near the Beehive. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to live up the other end of town in Cuba Street. He would have a lunch break, and so we would find a spot halfway between the two of us where we could meet for lunch, you know? And neither of us really wanted to walk, you know? Mm -hmm. Neither of us really, like all, both of us probably would have loved to have the other come and have lunch on our doorstep. But because we want to be together, we inconvenience ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something really lost in the church at the moment as we swim in Western individualism and freedom of choice that we feel so inconvenienced so easily, whether it's by someone's different beliefs or their different theologies or their different politics. Um, And we give up so quickly and we won't walk halfway. This conversation of belonging and autonomy asks us kind of like, what am I willing to put down in order to belong with you? Um, And I think that's, yeah, it's a great question for us to ask today. This has been the Catch Podcast. You can find out more at www.catchnetwork.org.nz. See you next week.